You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the Word of God. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. So many of us are foundering. We're foundering like a boat in the ocean in the storm. We're foundering in our Christian walk because we haven't received all that God wants us to have. We're satisfied. We're satisfied with leftovers, especially when it comes to sin. Way too often we compromise. Way too often we compromise with sin when we don't completely eradicate sin in our lives and we fail to conquer it the sin will eventually creep up and conquer us. After entering the promised land, the Israelites did okay in following God. But after Joshua died, they went way off the rails. Pastor Dave is teaching from the book of Judges, where we'll learn just how far off the path the Israelites got, and how this is an appropriate warning for us to avoid the same traps that snared the Jews. Now let's turn to the second chapter of Judges and join Pastor Dave with today's edition of Cape Watch Radio. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. So if you'll make your way in your Bibles to Judges chapter 2. Does anybody need one? Anybody forget your sword tonight that you want to follow along with? Okay, good. Judges chapter 2. So we started Judges. We did an introduction. And basically we said that God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That was our theme last week. And we looked at it kind of like an overview of what the book of Judges is. And it's interesting that although we come into a new section tonight, we're still going to look at sort of an overview also of the entire book. The entire book. And I've entitled our study in chapter 2, From victory to weeping, the cycle begins. And if you remember last week, when we discussed what the book of Judges was about, it basically was about a series of failing by the children of Israel. A series of failures. Followed by a rising up of a man or a woman to lead and be a deliverer which is what the word in Hebrew judges means, deliverer. And then a series of victory, which would lead to more weeping and sinfulness, and the cycle would continue. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And what's interesting about the book of Judges was in contrast to the book of Joshua. When we studied the book of Joshua, we talked about entering into the promised land by faith. The book of Joshua was all about, by faith, coming into a land of promise, a land that God had given to the children of Israel, and how we liken it to the victorious Christian life that we have now through Jesus Christ. And that was what we likened it to. But whereas the book of Joshua dealt with the promised land and entering into the promised land by faith, the book of Judges now deals with enjoying that land enjoying the land that God has given you. In other words, enjoying that abundant life that God has given us 
Once again, by faith. By faith, and faith is the key word. And we can apply the book of Judges in this manner. Just like the nation Israel was given an inheritance, we too, according to scriptures, have been given an inheritance in Jesus Christ. But the inheritance we have, we have to take by faith. We claim everything the Lord has given to us by faith. And just like the nation Israel, we are to enjoy all the benefits of the promised land or all the benefits of the abundant life, once again, by faith. Once again, by faith. Sadly, Israel stumbled. Israel stumbled because they would not completely possess the land that God had given them. And we talked about this at length when we studied the book of Joshua. We are likened to us not taking all that God has for us in the abundant Christian life. God has given us so much. He has given us so many things that few of us realize just exactly what God has given us. And many, many, many of us stop short before we receive all that the Lord has for us. But Israel failed in their ability to possess the land. They allowed pockets of the Canaanites to exist. And this was strictly against what God had commanded them to do. They were disobedient. And not only did they allow this group, these pagans, if you will, to coexist with them, Slowly but surely, they began to accept their gods. They began to worship their gods. Their gods all being idols. Hence, going right against God's first commandment. Going directly against God in true rebellion. And instead of worshiping the one true living God, they were drawn away into worshiping these other gods. And this is a lesson for us to learn. If we're going to be people who enjoy the inheritance given to us in Christ Jesus, then we must walk by faith and in victory. We walk by faith and in victory. We must submit ourselves to God through the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide as we walk through this. We must follow in obedience by faith. We entered into this relationship with God through Jesus Christ by what? Faith. And therefore, we experience all that the Lord has for us and all that the Lord wants to give us and do in our lives also by faith. If you remember correctly, when we started, the book of Judges starts out with these words, after the death of Joshua. Joshua has died. The nation of Israel was out of leader. There was nobody to lead her. Nobody has been raised up to lead the nation of Israel. This is a very critical period because what happened is the nation has lost their godly leadership. There was no godly man now to lead them. You remember, Moses led them for 40 some odd years. And then Joshua took over. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He learned well from Moses. He sought the Lord for himself. And he led the nation to victory after victory after victory as God had given him. But nobody came up. Joshua didn't have an assistant. Israel was at a critical point in time. 
They were at a critical place in the history of the nation because now they had to, for themselves, rely and trust in what God was doing. They had to rely for themselves. They had to get to know God more intimately than they had ever known before. Remember when Moses went to the mountain, talked with God, and God said, I'm going to show myself to the people in Exodus. And when, God, when Moses told the people that God was going to show themselves, there was thunder and there was lightning, and they all got scared and said, Moses, you go and talk to God and come back and tell us what we said. They were scared. They were afraid. But now they had to rely on their own power to see God. Wow. This was quite a stretch. You remember before Joshua died, the land was divided. Each tribe was allotted a territory as their inheritance. The fighting had ceased and there was rest in the land. We read that. Each tribe, though, was now responsible to go into the land that was allotted to them and clean it up. Get rid of all the little out pockets of tribes that were still there. All the little thorns and the needles and the stuff that were going to still be there. They had to get rid of them. They had to remove them from their territory. And again, this was according to God's word. This was according to what God had said. And remember, the people of Israel already owned the land. God had given it to them. But now they must possess it. And they must possess it completely. You already have the abundant life through Jesus Christ. If you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, it's been given to you. You must possess it. You must take it, claim it. Another thing that has happened is a new generation now has risen up. A new generation has risen up who didn't know Joshua, who doesn't know Joshua from a hill of beans. And sadly, Their parents didn't teach them about Joshua. Their parents didn't teach them about the ways of the Lord. Their parents failed in their responsibility to teach Israelites about the Lord. And so you can see all these problems about to arise. And as we began our study, we saw that the nation started out very well. They started out great guns because remember, they went up to the Lord and said, who shall be the first tribe to attack and go? What a great way to go. They all went to the Lord. The Lord said, Judah. Judah will go first because I have given that land to him. Once again, we see the victory that they already have. They sought the Lord. And when they sought him, he answered them. And he led them in the battle, led them in the victory against the enemy. This was the Lord's plan. This has always been the Lord's plan. Can I say it's still the Lord's plan for us? Can I say that it's still the Lord's plan for us? How many of you quote Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 on a regular basis? How many of you quote that? Well, what was true back in Solomon's day when he wrote that is true today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Israel was victorious. Judah and Simeon conquered all that they had to conquer. Caleb was in the midst of that. And Caleb's daughter and her husband now conquered this area. But something went away. 
Something, something happened. What started out in victory for the nation ends now in weeping because Israel was somewhat satisfied with what they had. Israel was happy with the land that they got. Why should we fight anymore? I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of the battle. I'm happy with what we have. They were satisfied in allowing the Canaanites to be their neighbors. But they didn't stay neighbors. Being satisfied with less than what the Lord wants for you, I think is poverty. I think it's poverty. Being satisfied with less than the Lord wants for you. But the cycle begins. The cycle begins. Each tribe in succession, we read at the end of Judges 1, failed to complete God's will. They failed to go in and wipe out the tribes in their land. In fact, some of them, when they got strong enough, put them to tribute. In other words, made them slaves, made them work in their midst and live there. Oh, brothers and sisters, realize how much headaches we could save ourselves? Do you realize how much weeping we would take care of and not have to do if we allowed the Lord to be in charge of every part of our life? Do you realize how much that would give us, how much joy we would have? If we would not be satisfied with what we have right now, well, I have eternal life. Yes, you do. And that is more than satisfaction for most of us, and I agree. But the Lord wants so much for you right now. He wants so much for you today. So much. So many of us are foundering. We're foundering like a boat in the ocean in the storm. We're foundering in our Christian walk because we haven't received all that God wants us to have. We're satisfied. We're satisfied with leftovers, especially when it comes to sin. Way too often we compromise. Way too often we compromise with sin. When we don't completely eradicate sin in our lives and we fail to conquer it, the sin will eventually creep up and conquer us. If we don't get sin out of our life, if we don't confess it and rid ourselves with it, the sin will eventually creep up and conquer us. And this is what's happening to the nation Israel. If we do not drive out sin that so easily ensnares us, we'll find ourselves back in bondage to it. We'll serve it once more. The Lord knew this would be a problem. The Lord knew that this would be a problem because when he was giving them the law, he told them clearly, these are your responsibilities, Israel. These are the things that I want you to do. I want you to love and obey Jehovah as the one true God and only God. I want you to teach your children God's law. I want you to be thankful for all the blessings that God has given you. And I want you to separate yourself from the worship of pagan gods in the land of Canaan. This is what God wanted them to do. This was God's command. God didn't want the filth of the Canaanite society, their religion, which was idol worship. He didn't want that filth to contaminate his people. Israel was God's chosen people. He had chosen them, why? To fulfill a special purpose. There was a purpose that he chose the nation Israel. Number one, Israel was supposed to give the world knowledge of the one true living God. They're supposed to be the ones who proclaimed the one true living God, Jehovah. They were the ones who were given the scriptures and they were supposed to proclaim the scriptures to all the world. And they were the ones that were to prepare the way for the Messiah. The Messiah which would come through Israel. 
God needed a pure bloodline. God needed his bloodline to stay intact. In order to accomplish this, Israel had to separate themselves from the world. They had to separate themselves from the world, but they failed to do this. Is it a coincidence that we study do not be conformed to the world on Sunday? No. There's no coincidence that these things are conjoining here. What happens is quite simple. This may have happened in your life. It may be happening now. I pray not, but it might be happening now. It's very simple. We make peace with the world. And then all of a sudden we become confused between tolerance and approval. All of a sudden we think they're the same thing. The world thinks they're the same. The world thinks tolerance is approval. According to our laws of democracy, however, in this nation there's such a thing called freedom of religion. So I must practice patience and tolerance with those who who believe and practice things that I feel that God has condemned in the world. We have no authority to eliminate those people who don't agree with us. Maybe we wish we did, but we don't have the authority to do that. But we do have an obligation. We have an obligation before God to maintain a separate walk so that I won't be defiled by those I disagree with. That their sin doesn't defile me. I have that obligation. And through the help and the work of the Holy Spirit and through prayer, we can then love those in the midst of those sins and we be witnesses of them, hoping to draw some of them to Jesus Christ. But if I get too close, if I become acceptance and my approval goes into them, I'm no better than they. And where's my witness then? There is no difference. This is what happened to the Jews during this time. They became so accustomed to the ways of the sinful pagan people who lived there with them, it didn't even bother them anymore. They didn't even see what they were doing as sinful. See, the more and more we accept sin in our own lives, the more and more we become immune to it. It no longer becomes sin to us. The Jews eventually became curious of their neighbors. Well, how come you worship like that? What are you worshiping? And they became curious. And finally, they began living exactly like their neighbors. And hence, I guess this is where the old saying came, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. I don't know. See, for believers, the first step away from the Lord is friendship with the world. James talks about that in James 4.4. And if we walk away from the Lord and we start walking towards the world and we're friends with the world, the next thing you know, we're in love with the world. Look at 1 John 2.15. And gradually, we become the Romans 12 too. We become conformed to the world. And if we're not very careful, we'll be condemned with the world. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty two. I told you all that to get you prepared as we start chapter 2, believe it or not. As we start chapter 2 now, that's the setup for what's happening here. That's the setup. And you look at verse 1 of chapter 2. Then the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said... I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the land which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Children of Israel get a visitor. The angel of the Lord. Now, how bad must things be if the Lord himself is going to come down? How bad must things really be? This reminds me, remember those great big black 
billboards along the side of the road that used to have a saying and said, God. My favorite one was, don't make me come down there, God. That was my favorite one. It had all kinds of different sayings like that as you drove around the highways. But here God comes to these people. It's not God, it's the Lord Jesus who is God. God comes in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a theophany. Many, many times in the Old Testament, we have a pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. He comes and he visits them. You remember, he talked to Abraham. He talked to Jacob. He talked to Moses. He's going to appear in Gideon in chapter 6. He'll appear to Samson's mother in chapter 13. And in 2 Kings 19, it was the angel of the Lord who killed 185 Assyrians. 185,000 Assyrians. Note here that the angel of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, comes. He came from Gilgal. It's interesting that he came from Gilgal. What was so special about Gilgal? Anybody remember? Yeah. Yeah. He came from Gilgal, which is a place of purification. It was where they had the tabernacle set up. It was where, after they circumcised themselves, that the Lord said, I have taken away your reproach of Egypt. I, I purified you. You've taken away that. That You can find that in Joshua 5. He rolled away their reproach. The Lord appeared to Joshua, and he assured him. He assured him victory over the land. And there the angel of the Lord brought encouragement. But now, to this new generation, the angel of the Lord is no longer bringing encouragement. He's bringing punishment. He's bringing condemnation and punishment. What's the first thing that this angel does? Now, you might say, well, how do you know it's God? Well, read the second part of the first verse. I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. Well, that's God. That's the Lord speaking. And I will never break my covenant with you. So the first thing we see is the Lord reminds them of his great love and faithfulness to them. He delivered them from Egypt's bondage. He's given them the abundant land of promise. He's given them a covenant that he will never, ever break. It's really interesting that before God ever calls us to obedience or even confronts our sin, he demonstrates his love for us. God demonstrated his love for us, but yet we were still sinners that Christ died on the cross. In Romans 5, verse 8, we can always look to God to find his great love and great faithfulness. We can only obey him when we are walking in his love and abiding in his covenant with us. Even though Israel never fully lived up to their end of the covenant, God said, I will never break my covenant with you. What faithfulness. What faithfulness we can draw from that. What a wonderful statement. I will never break my covenant with you. We've studied and studied how faithful God has been to the Israelites. Not one word failed of anything God said he would do. But he calls them out. He says to them, reminding him of his commands. Look at verse 3. Therefore I also said, I will not drive out them from before you, but they shall be thorns in your side. They are God's shall be a snare to you. Look at verse 2. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land. You shall tear down their altars. God said, why didn't you do this? Pastor Dave Shank will continue his series in the book of Judges next time you join us for Cape Watch Radio. In the meantime, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at capewatchradio.com. We'd encourage you to download these messages so they're available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always a time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. 
Those short breaks could be filled with the study of God's Word and the uncovering of treasures from its verses. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, gaining access to the latest messages as soon as they're posted. Find out more at capewatchradio.com. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Both services offer nursery and Sunday school, where your children will be well cared for as they learn about the love of Jesus. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You're also welcome to come join us Wednesday nights at 7 for our verse-by-verse study through the Bible. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Judges. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover Jesus working in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this Old Testament book right here on Cape Watch Radio.